Before we get into today's podcast, I want to disclose that we do not promote illegal gambling and all examples used in today's episode are referring to experiences Max has had in Pennsylvania where gambling is legal. So with that being said, let's get into today's episode. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talk and Tax. My name is Cooper. My name is Max. And today we're going to be giving an overview of gambling taxes in the United States. So there's a lot of different ways a lot of different forms of gambling in the U.S. that we're going to kind of go over today, um, you know, from casino to poker to online gambling and sports gambling. And we're kind of giving an intro on how it's taxed throughout the United States. Yeah. And there's plenty of other ways that we can file some issues that we the IRS might be dealing with and everything like that. So Cooper and I have actually stationed ourselves in one of the uh, areas where gambling is quite frequent. Um, we are in a fraternity house uh it's actually rumored that there are numerous uh, bets being placed about 15 feet away from us on the Masters this weekend. And now the question is, will they report these winnings in 2024 for their 2023 income? We don't know. We'll get into that, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, so we're first going to start off today talking a little bit about the age of gambling in today's world. And so one of the main reasons gambling is so popular is it's just so accessible and easy to just about anyone. Uh, in the U.S., it's legal in about 33 states. Uh, it is currently not legal in the state of Alabama, but there are other workarounds, uh, such as fantasy sites, such as Prize Picks, that are legal. They're kind of like gambling, but they're not. They're not. They're kind of like online sports books, but they're not the same thing. Um, so it's kind of one workaround in states like this. But other states, there's a lot of the uh, market shares dominated. Primarily by FanDuel and DraftKings, as they take up about two thirds of the market share uh, in the United States. Yeah, so a lot of what you'll see from these sports gambling demographics is uh, legally anyone can begin uh, sports gambling at the age of twenty-one. Now, I mean, we're all pretty aware that this is not the case for a lot of kids. Um, I will even go as far as to say, as myself, a young eighteen-year-old man was very excited to find out that I could illegally offshore uh, gamble or participate in a virtual casino of any sort. So it is very accessible to anybody. Um, And there are plenty of websites that kids can get into. There are illegal books that can be run by friends, anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, According to casino.org, 39% of gamblers are actually under the age of 35. And then from knowyourodds.net, in a recent study, Three quarters of children aged 18 to 16 correctly recalled the name of at least one sports betting brand, and over one quarter were able to identify four more. Now, Coop, I don't know about you, but I don't even know if I know four more sports gambling things. I could could maybe sit down and really think about it. But these kids are 8 and 16 years old. They're not even able to operate a car yet, and they already know what sports gambling it is. So it's a really popular thing. Um, It's it's really – it's a young man's game, I guess you could kind of say. Now, I mean, I know I've, I've dabbled and I mean, I'll I won't bet more than five to ten dollars. But I mean, there are some kids who will throw a couple thousand dollars around, which is pretty insane. I know as as some guys get older, there are definitely some people who will throw around some more money. But um, the real question is, like, what what causes this? So uh, what I want to talk about is this uh, little I call it I'm calling this the state of degeneracy in young kids. Um, today it's, it's very popular for, uh, you might see in like mainstream stuff, media, whatever, that kids take pride in being quote unquote, a degenerate. 
Um, so I guess some of the tendencies that you will see in uh, what can be discussed in relevancy to our topic today would be a lot of kids from this age want to make money without actually having to work. So that's why I would say that gambling is so popular, popular because kids can make income very fast and easily. They can also lose a lot of money very easily, mm-hmm. but that's one of the things that I think makes it so popular. And all you have to do is watch sports and know a little bit about it. Yeah. Um, I think kind of just jump in another reason that I just thought about why it's become so popular is if with social media nowadays, there's plenty of, you know, one of the main, you know, a big thing on social media that especially it's aimed at a lot of younger adults to teenagers is barstool sports. And they are always advertising on their social media about gambling um, as they even have their own sports book too now. Yeah. Um, and you also see, I mean, even on ESPN, I know on sports center late night, there's a whole segment on bad beats. It's mm-hmm. talking about gambling. Um, pretty funny segment, but it just kind of shows in today's world how normalized um, it is, which is kind of surprising how it's still illegal. And I think we said in about 15, 17 states. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of another reason why it became, you know, so popular and so relevant in today's age. Yeah. So my little sidebar thing that I I was ranting to Coop a little bit before we started this that I, I figured we could include here is my theory is that lots of these kids, including myself, um, not necessarily that I include myself in this, but uh, a lot of kids grew up in a COVID time where money came easy without having to work or file any taxes. Um, I believe that started with a lot of the door dashing. Um, that was probably the earliest experience kids in the age of like 18 to 22 probably began working as an independent contractor. Um, I know a lot of people don't know how to file as an independent contractor because that's technically what it is. If you only gamble and have winnings through that and you would technically have to report as an independent contractor. So a lot of kids just don't know what to do or how to do it. Um, and I, I'll get into it, too, about parents a little bit later and just with the overall like unknowingness and question mark that is the uh, virtual casino and online gambling and everything like that. But, uh, yeah, my theory is that these these people just assume that they don't have to file these things because they don't know how to and there's not a form directly for them or they wouldn't know what to do with it. Um so with that, we can kind of move into our main discussion, Coop. I'll let you take the reins on that one there. Yeah, so now we've kind of gone over, you know, kind of gambling in today's world. We're kind of going to get in more into the tax side of it. Um, so how gambling taxes work is it's basically the winnings are going to be classified as taxable income. So according to the IRS, gambling winnings are considered taxable income that must be recorded on Schedule 1 on the Form 1040 on your tax return. Um so those are just going to be for your winnings. Now you can also deduct gambling losses on as an itemized deduction on Schedule A. Um, so in a lot of cases, when you go to say a casino, I know certain winnings they will actually give you a W two G, which is basically like a summary of all your income. It's going to be like a W two, but for gambling. Um, so what kind of classifies as gambling winnings or losses? So we got lottery payouts and sweepstakes, bingo, raffles, table games like poker and blackjack um, and slot machines and everything. And winnings can also be non-cash, such as, you know, you see on game shows, people win cars all the time. You hear stories about how people, they can keep the car, but they're going to have to end up paying, you know, 
a lot of money in taxes just to keep the cars. They end up selling it. Um, and also in casinos, so up to certain points, uh, they will actually withhold 24% from the casino um, just in taxes. So that way you don't have to. Um, they'll go ahead and take it right out of your winnings. And so, Max, if you kind of want to talk about a little bit of the uh, misconceptions we were talking about about gambling. Yeah. So Cooper and I actually were sitting out having dinner here at the house um, two nights ago. And just some just some quotes that we've heard from friends, because, I mean, we've talked about it with a couple of our friends who do sports gamble and have probably made a good bit of money doing it or lost a good bit. But just like not necessarily like exact numbers here, but I mean, a lot of things that you'll hear from people is, oh, I lost $500. I don't need to report my $100 in winnings. They cancel out. Um, another thing that you you might hear from people is, uh, I don't want to file my winnings because I won them through an illegal site or something like that. Now, we'll we'll talk more about what exactly you need to do for each of those things and why they aren't wrong, I mean, why they aren't right. But I mean, it's really what I think the issue is, is um, the people aren't really as educated on the topic as they need to be. Um, so what mm-hmm. we can kind of see is uh, there, are, there are ways that people can file and it is easy, but it, the question is, do people want to make the effort? I went and looked ahead because I am from the great state of Pennsylvania. So legally when I go home, I am allowed to gamble in a DraftKings sports book so I like to play some bets every now and then when I'm home just for the why not of it. Um, and I was curious because I've, every time that I've asked a friend, I've never heard of anybody actually telling me that they reported their winnings. So I was like, okay, I, I, don't, I guess I don't have a frame of reference to how to do this. I wonder how hard it could actually be. So I'm going to do that thing that most podcasts do right now. And uh, I'm going to pull up. Uh, the app and show Cooper here and nobody else can see what I'm doing, which is amazing that podcasters actually get away with this. So I'm just going to fall into that trend of pulling it up and looking at things and showing Cooper and nobody else can see what I'm doing. So I'm on my DraftKings app right now. Um, I am limited because there's some things that I can't do because of location services and whatnot. But if you simply go onto, as soon as you open the app, you go to your side profile thing. One of the first things that you see is you can view balance details um, and it'll take you to the financial center and it will go over um, basically your full transaction history. It can be broken down by month, year, and lifetime. And then there's a taxes tab. And through there, uh, you can it, it properly links you to a filing page, which couldn't be any easier for you, I don't think. Um, through this financial center tab, it displays statements and transactions, uh, downloadable tax documents, so it actually gives you a W-9 form and it provides uh, and that provides tax identification number to the company to report income paid to you to the IRS um, from that company. So I'm assuming that, yeah, it would go, come from DraftKings. If you were using like FanDuel or something else, it would be from them. Um, and then they offer you the W-2G form, um, which is used to report gambling winnings. So it is relatively easy to access. I found that within two minutes of attempting to do so. So it's not very hard. Um, now, another thing that just for reference, I know I've, I've used it. it. It is legal in the state of Alabama, even though gambling is not. I don't know what you would classify this as, but there's a thing called prize picks. So if you go through prize picks, somehow the lo- location service allow you to do it. Um, same thing. You open up the account. 
you can go over to uh, there's a transaction log. It shows the same thing that I mentioned before from DraftKings. And then they have a tax information tab actually right there for you. Um, you open that up and you can go over and it links you directly to a 1099 form. Now, I don't have any income from this in 2022, so I won't be reporting anything from this. Um, however, for 2023, I'm confident it'll be relatively easy as well. Um, so yeah, there, there are easy ways to do it. It's just a matter of actually doing it. So what we hope to see from people who actually have reported, have winnings is that they report them and don't have any issues going forward. Yeah. I think one of the things why you said is prize picks, it's, they classify it as fantasy, like fantasy sports and everything. So that's one reason why it's still legal. Um, it's kind of a weird workaround because it's basically gambling, um, so I don't necessarily know the legislation behind why that's legal and say an online betting site isn't legal, but um, that's just kind of one thing I know you just said. Um, but yeah, now I kind of want to talk a little bit, uh, kind of going off what Max said about illegal gambling. And um, there was actually, cause I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, and there was actually a big bus, not, I think it was in January um, of an illegal book of three, it was 11 people were arrested um, as they were, for they were arrested for tax evasion as they ran a book. It says that according to AP, the Associated Press, it says that prosecutors estimated the organization made around $75 million between 2019 and 2021 and failed to pay nearly $20 million in excise taxes, which is just an insane amount of money that they were not paying. Um, and that's kind of one thing, you know, everybody, when we were talking about illegal gambling, everybody doesn't think that they need to pay taxes um, just because it's illegal income. But in the eyes of the government, income is income. And, uh, you know, they're definitely not going to they're going to try and get whatever they can um, on the income side. And so I just thought that was kind of an interesting thing that was not, you know, about two hours from Auburn, how there was a big time bust with um, just some bookies. And the guy actually lived about five minutes from my house. And he had a big house too. So, you know, it's kind of funny because everybody saw it coming. He was a um, known in the community to be a bookie and, you know, it kind of caught back up to him. I don't really know what's happened to him now. I haven't heard anything about the case in a while, but um, just kind of is something interesting about how those illegal book sites. I mean, I don't think none of them can really, they don't really pay taxes just because they feel like if they pay taxes, they're going to end up getting um, caught by the government. But in this case, you can see they're going to get shut down either way. Um but yeah, Max, is there anything else you wanted to kind of add on to the rest of today's topic? Yeah, I think, I mean, we can we can pretty much wrap up everything that we discussed. So, I mean, the, the filing can be as easy as you want it to be, I would say. Uh, you, you just kind of have to take that responsibility on yourself to do so. Um, I mean, as we've mentioned, gambling income is like all income. Taxes are out on anything that you are entitled to. So it's simple as reporting. We've mentioned some of the forms that you're able to do that through. Um, there are plenty of ways that you can file your gambling winnings. Um, I mean, there's other other ways that you can keep track of it too. I know that there's maybe you might not be betting through a main thing. I mean, you might be doing it illegally. It's it's easy to keep track of um, due to the the reason due to the fact that Coop and I do not have a sponsorship from any of uh, the specific apps that may help. Uh, I won't list any if they if they were to reach out and possibly give us some sort of, uh, you know, a little side piece, then maybe maybe I would mention their names. But I know that there are apps uh, that you can find in the app store that they literally just keep track of all your transactions and everything across all sports books. So you can see how much you're winning. Same thing, as I mentioned, like a transaction history, 
but for all of your gambling uh, over a month, year, whatever it may be, lifetime, same thing. Um, it gives you track. And I mean, you can, you can calculate your winnings from there. Um, most of these things do tell you your, all of your recent winnings too. Like you can go back and see each transaction. Like I know on price picks, it tells you exactly what I've, every, every bet I've ever placed. And I can still go through that. Um, and it is, it's something that is relatively uncharted territory. I guess it's, it's really unique. Um, I mean, I know, Something as simple as me having a job at Dairy Queen, making seven twenty-five an hour, I was able to have my my father sit me down and just be like, "Hey, son, this is how you fill out a simple tax form and report it, your income and everything like that." But I mean, when you get into gambling winnings, a lot of parents these days don't necessarily know what their kids are doing, so they don't know how to educate their kids on what to do with filing winnings and everything like that. So I think that is a an issue. Um, like I know just, just for my reference, my dad was blown away when he found out that you could place a bet on the Eagles to win the Super Bowl and he didn't have to fly to Vegas to do it. He was mesmerized. He was just like, I can send you money and you can bet it. And I was like, yes, I can do that. He, he was in disbelief. Um, fortunately he didn't take that, bet, um, so he didn't lose money and we did have broken hearts cause we are Eagles fans, but he wanted to, and he didn't know that he was able to. Now, he also probably would not have known that he needed to report those winnings either. So, I mean, it's it's ultimately just uncharted waters. Um, hopefully, it becomes more of a thing where kids are educated on it, and even adults that might need it too. But uh, this is something that is going to probably we're going to see a lot more time investment into and try and regulate it going forward. Mm. Anything else from you, Coop? No, not really. Just kind of adding on. I think the biggest thing um, that probably needs to be added on into uh, society when it's coming to this, especially on social media, is that, you know, just people just don't really know that winnings are classified as income and therefore need to be taxed. Um, So I think once that kind of becomes more mainstream and people realize as they get older, you know, that, hey, these are this is income that I do have to fill out on my uh, tax return. I think that's. It's just going to be, this will not be as big of a problem as it probably is today. But, you know, if that's, if you got nothing else, Max, uh, thank you all for listening so much to Talking Tax with Max and Cooper. And, uh, you know, if you, if you hear this and you are a gambler, I mean, they have, they have websites that, that help you. So we're, we are not promoting gambling. Um, there is a phone number that you call if you have a gambling problem. We are not promoting that. I would want to put that out there for, liability reasons and whatnot so if you if you have a problem please get help and uh and please file so yeah also deduct if if uh you can write them off as an itemized deduction if you lose too much money i i pray that anybody listening this doesn't listen lose that much money (laughs) unless unless you are i don't know able to do so and that's a small portion of what you make in a year. So yeah, I mean, just be smart. Okay. All right. Thank y'all so much for listening. And uh, we hope y'all come back for next week's edition of talking tax.